God told Isaiah that he speaks in a still, small voice. And if there's any truth to that, no wonder we don't hear from God anymore. The world is kind of chaotic right now. We have elections, we have COVID, and so many other things. And everyone is reacting instead of responding. But what if we took a mental checklist of those areas in our lives that are muddying up our minds, causing our thoughts to go haywire and distracting us from the simplistic joy that is life relationships and just existing? And what if we could get rid of those pre-installed filters that we have where we judge others based on how we feel they should react and the expectation and just allow them to be them? We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the consequences. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, my name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And you're listening to The Reckless Pursuit. And we're going to be talking about basically what is going on with our brains. No, I know it's fake. I feel like there's a lot of energy or noise or just clutter in people's headspace right now. It's something I've been dealing with. It's something I've really felt God laying on my heart lately of being quiet, uh, getting alone. And I just, I want to tap into a little bit about this because we're going into a very high energy, high noise season, being that the elections are coming up, everyone with this COVID stuff, like, I feel like it's just, it's been, well, we'll get into it. (laughs) We'll get into it. But I do have a quick question for everyone as we kind of move forward. Elaine and I are wanting to do some in-house changes, I guess you could say, mostly with how we run the community. Uh, Facebook has become, we're about to get into a little bit about this, so it's a good time to bring this up. Facebook's become a hellhole, is that a proper way to say it? It's just a cesspit. It can be. It can be a war zone. Yes. Uh, I feel like it's hard not to get involved in something that just rouses you up. Uh, it's just, it's, it's such a, a not life giving atmosphere right now. And I, and that's, that's not just, I'm not just calling out Facebook. That's anywhere, anytime right now. Any where social there's, media yeah. platform. So I want to emphasize though, we're looking at opening a discord server, which is basically just a private community group, multi-level. You can go in, you can ask questions, you can chat. It's like an open chat room almost, but it's private just for your community. So almost like a Facebook group slash texting platform almost or like chatting platform. Uh, and so it's it's kind of more almost like a, a Reddit forum, but private, if that makes any sense. And I, I'm new to Discord too. I'm going to be playing around with it. But the reason I bring it up is I want to ask everyone listening, how do you feel about transitioning community to be more focused on Discord, a little more private and outside of the realm of Facebook uh, and I, I, we'll get into a little more about that and why we're talking about that in this episode. How has your experience with social media been lately? I hate it. I hate okay. all of it. 
<laughs> Why? Because it's annoying. Okay, go a little deeper. Just like what you said, there's a lot of noise. Like people, I, I feel like especially not only because it's the election year, but also because of COVID and everything. And at the beginning of the year, February, March is whenever it really kind of became global. It wasn't just specific to one region or one country. And and like we've seen, we have all experienced in some form or another the repercussions of COVID. And so specifically in February, March, even in, into April, I feel like people online were like, hey, we're at home more. We are with our friends and our family more. We're all in this together. And people were doing Facebook Lives. People were being super inspirational and motivational. And then about a couple weeks, maybe a month, um, it all just kind of died out. And I feel like it just produced a lot of bitterness because people, one, I guess, are fed up of being at home and having to quarantine, whether or not they actually have it or whether or not their family has it, just the, in general, not being able to be around public group settings. And, you know, we have, you know, sports being canceled and a lot of concerts and a lot of conferences and all these things have either canceled for this season or have went online. And I feel like now we're seeing, as we are getting closer to the election, on top of everything with COVID, it's just everywhere is bitter right now. Well, and I think it's making us figure out what we put stock in. So all the little petty things that used to bring us joy, now we're really having to evaluate what else brings us joy or how else we can entertain ourselves. And the mind is a very interesting thing we obsess over filling the mind it's almost like this this void that we're constantly throwing everything we can into it to fill it up and i've really been thinking about this a lot because i'm as guilty as anyone on this i've been watching my screen time tick up and up and i feel like when i'm not looking at a screen i'm looking at a screen and i feel like my days are just consumed with information and people wanting to give me information. I've been on Facebook for about a month and a half and it's been so nice. Uh, There's other areas in social media that I need to be careful of by all means. There's other things that try to take my time. So that's just one vice of many. But I find myself giving away my mind, if that makes any sense. And that's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation today. I find myself giving my mind to superfluous things, giving my mind to things that do not bring me lasting joy, almost like how addicts seek out bursts of feel-good chemicals to calm the brain for a moment. I feel like that's kind of where we are again. And everything uh, is vying for our attention span and everything wants to get waves in our ear holes and draw our eyes and evoke our emotions and everything is reactionary we talked a little bit about that last week where you can either respond or react nothing is responsive right now at all i cannot think of one thing right now in general life that is a response to anything right now it is all react uh it's all hype it's all trying to stir emotion and evoke a response or a reaction, I guess is what I should say. And so I I really feel as if 
my brain is becoming numb to God. And aside from the fact that like I haven't been in a reading mood, like I'll just be straight, I haven't been in a studying mood. It's been hard for me to get back into that. And I know I've got to sit down and start on that again. But I feel like when I wake up in the morning, I have this moment of refreshedness. But then like this, I don't know if dread is the right word, but this like heaviness that I can feel in my brain as I begin to check my emails and trudge through my daily routines. And it just gets very monotonous, almost like I'm just cashing in little bits of my moments. And the thing is, I have to do those things. I have to do my workload. Now, sure, I can down my screen time by quite a bit. Like I'm working on that. Like I have to do my work. I have to do like we have to do what we have to do. Right. But I find myself like not experiencing the moment I'm in. And I find myself constantly drawn to the next piece of information or the next little thing because it's almost like we've come to expect it now with how high energy the world is around us. We expect that next little thing. And as much as we don't like hearing about COVID outbreaks in schools or hurricanes slamming the Gulf, we live for that stuff right now because we're we're numb to it. You know, there's trends on the on- online right now where people just stand in front of news articles like acting flabbergasted at the next big catastrophic event and they get millions of views because misery loves company and we've just become accustomed to that level of of ridiculousness that we we're so quick to bandwagon on the next air quote bad thing to get our little shot of relevancy or to feel like we're connected to this weird web of what is this year and like all this this negative energy. And I don't know, Elaine, you have anything to say to this or not, but like there's just like this negative satanic mindset that is just plaguing humanity right now. And I feel like election year always draws us out of people in general. It just so happens that that coincides with a whole lot of other crap going on right now. And you have this like pitting against each other. You have it's so easy to get into a de- an argument. Let's call it for what it is an argument online, a reactionary debate online. Right now, all you have to do is say anything. You can go online and say basically anything, and you're gonna get tore a new one. I know we've talked about this a little bit in the in the last couple weeks, but I really want to just challenge us to push into the stillness to intentionally, and we're going to hate it. I'm I'm telling you this as like a a personal kind of checkpoint or like drawing a line in the sand for myself here, like placing a flag. There's going to be times when we hate it, but if God speaks in the gentle, in the still small voice, as he told what Elijah, I believe, uh, if, if God is in the quiet place, if he is the secret place, if he is the low baseline hum in our minds we can't hear that whenever we're constantly being pumped full of other frequencies you know it's like sure he's there but when was the last time you felt god when was the last time we felt that tangible and i'm asking myself this and i don't know if this is everyone or what but for me i feel like it's so easy to get caught up in all the other things even talking about God. Like how many times have we got caught up talking about God? 
but I want to be connected with that oneness with Christ. Like I want to be connected with that. And it's hard right now because everything's pulling. Everything wants our attention. And I really feel as if we need to evaluate what frequencies we're giving way to in our mind. We need to evaluate what energy we're, we are feeding or to even go just a little more basic, a little less uh, new age sounding, I guess you'd say. We need to evaluate where Christ is in us versus all of the other garbage we're, we're kind of giving room to in our mind. Maybe you're a little, a little decluttering, if that makes sense. And it's interesting because last week on my podcast, I was actually talking or the episode was titled, where are you focusing your energy and how is it serving you? And what I was speaking to is more of like masculine and feminine energy and how both are beautiful and both are necessary and how we operate in each person individually operates in either or in different situations, even though sometimes we can be more dominant in one or the other. And wherever you are focusing, whatever energy you are giving to, wherever you are focusing on, whether it be online, whether it be the entertainment or the content that you're consuming, whether it be music or TV shows or movies or news articles or whatever you're feeding your mind, is it serving you and is it serving others? Whatever you are putting your energy into, is it uplifting you? Is it uplifting other people or is it destructive? Is it harming you? Is it harming other people? And I do think it's interesting or I do think it's necessary to recognize issues going on in the world. It is important and necessary to speak about, you know, social injustice and and all the all the things that are going on in the world, whether it be election, whether it be health, whether it be what honestly anything. And I do think it's important that we do have discussions and open conversations about those things, but we shouldn't focus on all the bad all the time. We shouldn't focus on the energy and all the negative energy. And it kind of goes back to how a lot of times in Christianity specifically, we talk about sin. We talk about hell. We talk about destruction and decay and all these things. And we focus on the sin nature. We focus on the dirty rag mentality. But when was the last time you focused just on the goodness of Jesus, on the things of mercy and grace and, and the constructive things and all of the beauty in the world? When was the last time we actually focused on those things? When was the last time we called ourselves beautiful or recognized the beauty within us and recognized the Christ in other people? And that's pretty much what I was talking about on my podcast last week of like where wherever you are focusing that energy on, make sure that it is helpful and not harmful. Well, and here's an analogy. You're driving down the road, right? And you're in this vehicle going 70 miles an hour down the interstate. Well, the interstate is just our existence right now. And there's a there's a car crash over here on the right. There's like weird construction signs on the left and there's people working over there and there's like divots in the road and potholes and everything's just chaotic. The people around you are driving like maniacs and it's just everything is chaotic. Well, what happens if you take your focus off of the road? Sooner or later, you're going to end up in the chaos. You're going to be the person 
swerving or in a ditch or running over a construction worker or broke down on the side of the road like the rest of the people like it's just like i mean how many times you see an accident right after an accident because someone was rubbernecking watching the accident instead of paying attention to where they were going how many times you drive and you're like why are we going so slow on the opposite side where there's an accident we're not even in that lane we're not even on that side of the road and yet everyone's going so slow well because too many people are paying attention to what happened over there to pay attention to where they're actually going and when we shift our focus, it only takes just a few seconds to travel a long distance. And when you're looking the wrong direction, you start drifting the direction you gaze, right? We follow our gaze. And, you know, it's like that whole gaze upon the Lord idea. Like, I know it sounds religiosity and everything. It has that kind of that vibe to it, but there's a lot of truth to it. The thing is, the Lord and the way we're gazing is simply on that still small joy, that small voice, that subtlety at the that low level hum, it's not this outlandish thing we're looking to to get to the end of our race kind of thing it's this constant little check-in i guess or maybe i should just not respond to this maybe i should get off of this for a while maybe i should turn off the news maybe i should unplug from the 24 hour news cycle maybe i should quit feeding into the fears the doubts the worries or maybe i should quit giving into the little addictiveness that is our fake desire to fill the void with something other than just calmness. The truth is, we shouldn't be bored sitting still. We shouldn't have to deal with these rat race of thoughts when we try to just sit down and be calm and focus. But honestly, right now we are. I am. I know I am. And I don't know if I want to speak for everyone, but I feel like someone listening to this is going to click with that. Like, it's just difficult right now. But the reason I even want to bring this to light is we have to bring it to light to face it. And I'm just sitting here saying, hey, it's okay to not be a part of what's going on around you. It's okay if you don't know the latest and greatest news, because ain't none of it great anyway, mind you. It's okay to not have all the latest pieces of gossip on which candidate said what or didn't say this or did that. It's okay to not know what's going on with all of the protesting. And I know that might be controversial to some people. There are people, there's a time, you know, if you go into Ecclesiastes, there's a time for war and there's a time for peace, you know. There's a time where in your mind right now, maybe you are giving place to something in your life that is robbing you of having that closeness with spirit, with Christ. And it is robbing you of being satisfied if that makes sense i feel like that's a good word for it and you could even relate this to deconstruction because i i saw some tweet last night in in one of the one of our um facebook groups that we're a part of and somebody had shared this tweet and it said something along the lines of like you can be addicted to the pain and that you can be addicted to asking questions there's nothing wrong with asking questions there's nothing wrong with deconstruction but that you can be so obsessed with that so obsessed with tearing everything out to where you don't have anything left and that can be that can wreak havoc on your spirit and on your soul and your relationship with God, even though you may be having doubts of if, if you even believe in God or what that relationship looks like. But the point was, is that you need to have that anchor. And we've talked about this several times whenever, especially on our episode specifically speaking to deconstruction of having that anchor and rebuilding 
you can get obsessed with tearing down that you forget to rebuild, that you forget to have something that you're still focused on that like it's kind of the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like you need to find that one thing or those few things that do ring true for you that do that do spark joy and speak life into your life into your life individually and collectively because if you're just tearing everything out and you're throwing everything out then sometimes we can even throw away our own relationships we can even throw away um our understanding of ourselves and our perspective of god and all of that and so we need to be careful that specifically with deconstruction even if you're asking questions if you're um under trying to understand your beliefs and understand them on a deeper level that we need to be sure that we are still focusing on the positive reason for the tearing down anyway we need to be having that anchor whether that be god or you know your relationships and stuff like you need to have that one thing that you come back to that even after everything else is torn apart, torn down, you can come back to and say, this is where I find the most joy, or this is where I find the most peace and healing and freedom for myself. Well, and remember what you're tearing down. And I want to bring this broad scope this back to kind of like what we're talking about here. If you are constantly in destructive mode, then that carries over into even relationships and things like that. Like if you are constantly trying to dismantle or trying to assume that someone has a certain like let's just be honest right now if you say anything someone's going to come back at you and have some kind of snarky sarcastic thing because everyone filters and i guess this is just human tendency too we tend to filter other people's words through our own biases so if someone out there says a b and c you're going to argue because you actually are looking at it through the lens of like C, D, and E, right? Or D, E, and F, I guess. Like you're taking their words and their understanding and filtering it through your bias, even though you don't understand how they got to the point in the first place. It's easy to see someone and hear what they're saying and take that at face value. But it's kind of like whenever you say something, someone comes back at you with something snarky, you have a choice to make in that moment. Are you going to acknowledge that person's humanity or you're going to stoop to that level and just start going off because let's be honest they're desensitized they're they're part of they're caught up in this whirlwind of information and bias and all this other crap that has led them to this place of like okay i'm going to react instead of respond so in that moment you have that that choice is like okay so what am i going to say and it's like one of the most powerful things i don't remember if i mentioned this last week or not but even if i did it's worth re-mentioning that like in when you go to respond to someone you can simply say hey can you please explain in a bit of detail what you mean by that comment and even the most snarky person will most of the time crumble at something like that because there's you can't you have no gr- ground to stand but that's you tear a response down the wall. right you you make it personable again uh and and i just i want to try to encourage all of us in this season whenever everyone is filtering what everyone else says through their own lens and own perspective maybe to be patient but i think maybe this is a good direction to go with this too remember that just because you believe something doesn't make it the truth and truth is a loaded word we even true for other people that's what we talked about last week was that you can have something that's true for you but that doesn't necessarily make it always true for everyone else right and truth is just such a 
that's such a, a a sledgehammer of a word, right? Like how many of us who have been through the the uh, you know questioning of our faith have been like beat, literally bludgeoned with the idea of, well, you're just straying away from the truth. That's just not the truth of the matter. That's literally like what like, that's kind of like down to the brass tacks, right? Like what is truth? That's kind of the ultimate search, right? The ultimate question, and the truth of the the truth of what truth is, is it's subjective in a lot of ways. Now, I do believe in a few universal truths. I believe in the idea of loving Christ and loving others. Like, you love God, you love others, and most things fall suit. I believe there is some universal truth to things. But I, I think that it even comes down to that. It's like, well, what does that even look like to different people? Loving your neighbor looks different for different people. So, like, there's there's all this subjectivity within that. And I think that whenever we can allow ourselves to see the truth in someone else, that that allows them to see the truth in us as well. And just realizing that everything, every reaction is just that, is a reaction based on other circumstantial pieces of information or events or whatever they may be that has led to this person reacting in this way. And we're all on defense right now, or we're all kind of playing offense right now. Because the best defense is a good offense, you know, I can kind of go either way. But like, that's kind of the mentality of the world right now is I'm going to prove my superiority. We don't have to be right. Like, if you're trying to be right, you're 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 wasting your time. Like, there's no there's no such thing as trying to be right right now like if you're trying another way you could say is like if you're trying to win you're running the wrong way race yeah uh you know it's not exactly it's not about winning it's about completing right it's not even it's about participating really It, it really is like it's it's a team sport like it's almost like going out and playing baseball and like the batter hits it over third base and the third baseman catches it and tosses it to the outfield just because he's pissed off at the at the uh, pitcher, right? Or at the even at the catcher. Like, I'm going to intentionally sabotage the game here because I want to prove I can throw the ball further. I'm going to throw it over you or harder or faster just to prove I can. And then the other people are going like, wait, wait, we're on the same team here. Like, what is going on? Like, we're literally that disorganized like underdog team you see in all the movies that needs to pull our crap together and come together as a team but that's hard whenever you're filtering everyone else's reactions through your expectations maybe that's the right word to put on this is we have these sets of expectations and i'm gonna be really blunt like you can't expect anything out of anyone else really you know we have expectations i have expectations of my wife you know that she's that she loves me. I mean, I don't really even expect that. I, I already know that. So like, I don't know if there are situations where we have expect, like where it's, it's feasible or even proper to put expectations on someone that aren't communicated, especially, right? Is it, is that, can you think of a situation? Like I'm genuinely asking like, no, but I could speak on a situation where somebody had an expectation of me that, that I guess I didn't fit their expectation. What was that? that being a Christian, I couldn't speak about things I disagreed with mm. and that they had higher expectations of me being a Christian. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying is like you shared an opinion of something, your your viewpoint of something, your perspective of Christ, your understanding of God in the situation, and someone demeaned that because they reacted mm. out of that because it rubbed 
some kind of expectation they had of you the wrong way, which challenged them as an individual. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, that's what it comes down to is it's challenging us as individuals to try to broaden our understanding or even take it, we take it too personal and we allow it to inter- intervene between us and Christ. What were you going to say? I was just going to say it, the dynamic was interesting because this person isn't even an active part of my life. Like I'm not an active part of their life. Like I don't have a, a specific relationship where I even feel like expectations could be placed on each other. Well, and I think that's that kind of goes And it was kind of an out of place comment too. And that just goes to the whole thing. That is a reaction where they based their assumptions off of this filter of who that they had painted this portrait in their mind of what you should be. Mm-hmm. And then whenever they realized that you had a different color in your palette than they originally anticipated, it threw off their reality, I guess. It's like a really like out there way to say that. But it all comes down to this. Where did Christ go right after his baptism? He went to the desert, okay? He went and dealt with stuff. He went and dealt with these thoughts, with these plaguing devil thoughts of why are you living this simplistic life versus going out? You know, why you could be this, you could do that. And he had to go and face that in the still and in the quiet. Where did he go right before his death? He went by himself, away from everyone to get alone with God. There's something to be said about getting still and quiet. And when we constantly have something pinging us or we're constantly filtering our disposition through someone else's perspectives or we are allowing the noise to just hype us up. And so I guess my encouragement as we close this out is kind of gauge that little thing in you that as you participate in different actions, how are you reacting or responding to it? And just feel, and I'm asking you, I'm not trying to get like super new agey here with you, but everything is energy and you can feel it. You know that feeling when God's talking, it's like a vibrational pull. And and I just encourage you, like when you're browsing through Facebook or wherever or watching the news or whatever, and you hear something and you can just tell that that is trying to elevate the noise level to drown out the truth or to drown out Christ in this, the spirit of God in you, make a little mental note or even a physical note of that so you can know how to get away from that to find Christ. Because when we get into that intimacy with Christ, or if you want to say it a little less spiritually, when we get uh, alone in and allow that, uh, the, I guess that oneness with spirit to kind of to to come to fruition or to to come into unity, then we begin to be able to respond versus react. We come to a greater understanding of peace and we get a clearer perspective on how to better the world around us versus just contribute to the chaos. Because let's be out, uh, let's like just kind of shoot it for what it is the squeaky wheel gets the oil, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that the squeaky wheel is fixed, right? To treat a symptom isn't to treat the cause. And so right now we have a bunch of people yelling at the top of their lungs because they want the attention, but they're not actually getting what they need. They're just getting... They're filling a void. Right. They're just getting what fills the void. 
So that's my encouragement to all of y'all. So let's just ask this as kind of like a question just to kind of put out there to you. What does it mean to respond versus to react? Since that's something we kind of talked about, kind of tie it into last week. What does it mean to you? It could be uh, an example or even just a, just a thought that you've had, but we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Nomad, a safe community for Christians to ask unsafe questions. The links are in the show notes. Also, we would love to hear if you like the idea of a Discord server and just kind of getting a little bit more private community outside of the chaos that is Facebook. So I think we're just going to leave you guys with that today. So we love y'all. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll, we'll talk. talk soon. <laughs>